0: Lord. My
1: study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel, and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades, before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. There is a powerful verse in the Gospel of John that says, When the spirit of reality comes, he will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Actually, every saved person has experienced this very thing. In fact, without this experience, we would never appreciate the need for our wonderful, redeeming Christ. But this same experience is described in the details of the Gate of the Tabernacle in Exodus. Stay with us for today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, as together we seek light from God's Word in the book of Exodus. This program is furnished by Living Stream Ministry and features the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's divine economy, And once again today, we're back looking at the Gate of the Tabernacle. And I think uh, today's program will be a marvelous overview, one of the real high points in this life study of Exodus. This, unfortunately, is one of those programs where we have no tape of Witness Lee available. So to fill the void, we've asked both Matt Miller and Dick Taylor to join us as we take one final look at the Gate of the Tabernacle. Brothers, thanks very much for being here today.
2: You're welcome, Brother Chris. It's really good to be here, Chris
1: and Dick. Well, brothers, our time together today uh, mostly is going to be devoted to reviewing some of the aspects or high points of the tabernacle, particularly the gate. the marvelous gate of the tabernacle that we've been looking at. Dick, maybe it'd be good if you could briefly touch the materials that were used in the construction of the tabernacle. We found that they are all very significant, particularly the gold, the bronze, and the linen and silver. These are the things we're going to touch today.
2: These are marvelous, Chris, not only just as materials, but they really point us to descriptions of God himself and also of our experience of him. For example, once you get into the tabernacle, in the holy place and in the holy of holies, there's just nothing but gold. But as you approach the tabernacle, you see primarily linen. Both of these are very critical because they both show us God's expression. Inwardly, we see nothing but the holiness of God himself. Outwardly, we see the expression of God as righteousness. These two materials alone are so precious. How can we participate in God's righteousness? How can we enter into God who is holy? You know, holy means separate, different, distinct, not common, like God himself. Only God is holy. The gold signifies God's divine nature, his holy nature, his unchanging nature. But when we see through the life study the significance of the gold and how it's applied to our experience, we realize, hallelujah, we can experience the gold. Even today, as we're listening to this program, we can participate in God's divine nature. 2 Peter 1.4 says, we are partakers of the divine nature through his precious word. So, this is just the gold and the linen. But the bronze signifies God's judgment. We'll see it in a more detailed way as the program goes on. And this experience of the bronze, this leads us to the experience of the silver, signifying Christ's redemption. And the experience of Christ's redemption, or Christ as the redeeming one, really leads us to the linen. And what's the result? We become golden. The Bible ends with the New Jerusalem, which is not only God himself as the Golden One, but he's enlarged, he's expanded, because he's dispensed himself into all his people to make them the same as he is in life and in nature. So the city itself is also a golden mountain, indicating that we, by partaking of and enjoying the divine nature, have become the increase of this marvelous God. So, The tabernacle has two aspects, the Ark of the Tabernacle or the Ark of Testimony in the Holy of Holies. This is Christ. And then the tabernacle as a whole is really just the increase and enlargement of this marvelous Ark. The Ark is called the Ark of the Testimony. And in some verses that we'll read shortly, the tabernacle is called the Tabernacle of Testimony. Well, this means that Christ himself is God's testimony, as we really participate in him, partake of him, and enjoy him as signified by all these precious materials, we become his enlargement, his expansion, to be his tabernacle of testimony. So these four materials, gold, bronze, silver, linen, just lead us into the fine, detailed experience and enjoyment of the one who desires to be expanded and enlarged for his testimony. What a joy, what a privilege to touch even these four materials. Dick, you mentioned one of the verses in chapter 27
1: that we're going to look at today. In these verses, there's a very vivid picture of the gate, the entrance to the tabernacle. And as we saw in our program yesterday, really for any important building— The entrance or the door or the gate must bear a reflection or a testimony of the nature and the significance of that building, and that's certainly the case with the tabernacle. Let's look at these verses in chapter 27, beginning with verse 15. On both sides of the gate of the court were hangings of 15 cubits with their three pillars and their three sockets. All the hangings around the court were of fine twined linen, and the sockets for the pillars were of bronze. The hooks of the pillars and their connecting rods were of silver, and the overlaying of their capitals was of silver. And all the pillars of the court were connected with silver. And the screen for the gate of the court was the work of an embroiderer, of blue and purple and scarlet strands and fine twined linen. And twenty cubits was the length, and the height in the width was five cubits, corresponding to the hangings of the court. And their four pillars and their four sockets were of bronze, their hooks were of silver and the overlaying of their capitals, and their connecting rods were of silver. And all the pegs of the tabernacle and all the court all around were of bronze. This is the sum of the things for the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony, as they were counted according to the
0: commandment of Moses. This was some entrance, wasn't it, Matt? Chris, this is an awesome entrance. Uh, Dick and Chris, I, I just appreciate this picture that the entrance of the tabernacle is bronze, which really represents true repentance. Uh, This is to be under God's judgment. One of the things that Witness Lee mentions in the life study that I'd like to just read this section because it's a very practical description of this entrance and how it applies to us practically in our daily life today. So we're not just looking at a tabernacle from a long time ago. It mentions true repentance is to be under God's judgment, and this is the bronze. Whenever a person repents, he places himself under the judgment of God. Only the experience of judgment can keep our spiritual life and our church life stable. So when we first contact the tabernacle, we come to the gate, we face the bronze, and right away the entrance is we realize our sin. We realize we're under God's judgment, and that experience of God's judgment leads us to Christ's redemption which is the fine linen and scarlet blue threads there represent there is something of Christ's redemption, which Christ's righteousness, which is the fine linen. It covers us from God's judgment so we can enter into God's building, the tabernacle. And the result of that is we need to not only experience it one time, but constantly stay in the experience of God's judgment In other words, judging ourselves, practically speaking, in our marriage life and in our church life, our knee jerk reaction in our natural life and ourself is to judge others and to vindicate ourselves. But if we have this picture of the bronze in the tabernacle being our entrance in and staying under that to keep our church life and our marriage life stable, we won't be those who vindicate ourselves, but we will humble ourselves under God's judgment and realize no I shouldn't condemn others judge others i need to judge myself similar to what the lord said in matthew chapter 5 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness that's for ourselves not hungering and thirsting for other people to be righteous but then the next verse says in matthew 5 blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy we need to have mercy on others and Hunger and thirst for righteousness in ourselves. This is the experience of the bronze Mm. at the entrance of the tabernacle. Well, as you passed
1: through the entrance into the tabernacle, you, you had to pass through these bronze pillars. And of course, we know and have seen repeatedly in past programs that bronze represents God's righteous judgment. We mentioned we don't have Witness Lee today. We do have his printed life study message that covers this matter. And Matt, let me just read just a short paragraph because there's a wonderful practical application related to this matter of judgment. I'd like to read this and then maybe get your comment according to your own experience. Again, this is a paragraph from the Life Study of Exodus, uh, message number 113. A proper human life is a life constantly under judgment. In order to have a pleasant married life, both the husband and the wife need to live a life that is always being judged. But if a husband tries to justify himself all the time, he'll have problems with his marriage. And we're all smiling because I think we all know what that means. A basic cause of separation and divorce is self-justification. Whenever a husband feels that he is justified, that he is right in every way and in everything, he will automatically condemn his wife. If she is one who has such an attitude, she will condemn her husband. As a result, it will be impossible for them to stay together any longer. The husband justifies himself, and the wife justifies herself and condemns the husband. And this makes a pleasant marriage life impossible. Well, Matt, you know, today there are a lot of Christian programs that deal with marriage problems. Uh, Typically, in this broadcast, we don't venture too much into this realm, but this matter of judging, of the judging bronze in the tabernacle, really has a practical application for all of us,
0: doesn't it? Yeah, Chris, you know, this life study, it's called life study because it helps us in life, according to the Lord's life in us, to help us in a practical way, experiential way, and especially in this particular case related to our marriage life. This is very practical it's where we live it's where we are and we need to experience the tabernacle in this way and the more we justify ourselves, and the more we condemn others eventually we'll leave the church i'm going to read a sentence here from the life study those who justify themselves and condemn others are not able to stay with others in the church god's way is the way of judgment so if we are those who don't learn this lesson we'll leave the church life. If we don't have this experience, we'll lose our marriage life, and we'll have a hard time having relationships with people. All of the church relationships involve a lot of contact with people. A more experienced brother gave me an example one time when I was struggling with another brother. He told me his experience, and he said, we need to consider others more excellent than ourselves. In other words, when we are in a problem, we're always thinking about ourselves being excellent and the other person being bad. But the New Testament says we need to consider others more excellent than ourselves. This is the experience of judging ourselves and not judging others. It really is a a practical help. And I appreciate this ministry for leading us in this way.
1: Dick, uh, there's another very brief phrase in this Life Study message. He says, the more I justify myself, the more I shall condemn others. I know you've been married a good long time. How many times in our marriage life have we proved the veracity of this statement?
2: Over and over and over again, Chris. Anytime we justify ourselves and condemn the other party, we are in big trouble. On the other hand, when we accept God's judgment of us, we don't trust in our flesh and our natural life. Rather, we're the first to be judged, and we just like to uh, give Christ to the other person. We like to love the other person and uh, give them the benefit of the doubt. I tell you the truth, the marriage is sweet, precious, and full of love, even the love of Christ.
1: Dick, how do these three, particularly the bronze, the linen, and the silver, interact in this picture?
2: This is an awesome view. As our brother Dan mentioned, the bronze signifies God's judgment— and the silver signifies Christ's redemption, and the linen signifies Christ that we wear for God's expression as a result of accepting God's judgment and experiencing Christ as our Redeemer and our redeeming one. This is really precious. You know, I was thinking that in Luke 15, The second parable is about the woman who lights a lamp looking for a lost coin, and this parable really brings us to the Spirit coming to convict. The result of the conviction of the Spirit, that is the shining of the light of God's Word into our heart, causes a repentance and a realization that I need Christ, and that when He died on the cross, He died not only to forgive my sins, but his death was a judgment of everything in the old creation. I need to turn to him. So the Spirit in Luke 15 caused the sinner to awaken. So the third parable in Luke 15 is of the prodigal, and uh, he's the one who eventually in the pig pen is brought to his senses. This is a result of the Spirit's convicting. And what does he do? He repents, and he's going back home even to tell his father, I have sinned. And this shows us that he was receiving the judgment. As he got home, he began his speech, but immediately the father brought forth the best robe and put it on him. That best robe is Christ as our righteousness. So in these two parables, in Luke 15, you see the spirit convicting Causing a repentance and an acceptance of God's judgment. He realized who he was, he was a sinner. He realized where he was, he was just dwelling in sin. He realized he needed to repent. And he opened up. As a result of opening up, he experienced a redemption. He was brought back home. And what was hung upon him was the best robe. And that was the robe signifying Christ as our glorious dress, and as our righteousness for our acceptance into God. It's very clear in Romans 3.20 that no flesh will ever be justified in God's eyes. We have to realize when Christ died, everything had to be put to death because everything is contaminated, sinful, and polluted. So anytime anybody hears the gospel, hears the glad tidings, right away the Spirit comes to convict And what's the result? The result is a sense of judgment and accepting God's judgment and realizing, I need to turn to the Lord. I need to receive Christ. So as a result of the Spirit's conviction and a sense of God's judgment and agreeing with God's judgment, you know, when we repent, it means we agree with God's judgment, I am sin and I do nothing but commit sins. I need Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross, as my Redeemer. In that realization, simultaneously, as you agree with God's judgment by repenting, Christ becomes your redemption and your Redeemer, not only for your sins, but even for you to bring you back to God Himself. Isn't it good to be brought back to God Himself? This ministry has always brought us back to God himself. And the result is God clothes us with his Son as our righteousness for God's expression. So these three materials bring us to the most precious basic experience of Christ, and actually not only initial experience, but even a daily experience. For example, every time there's things not right between my wife and I, or I try to justify myself and condemn her, then I realize where I am. I'm convicted. I repent. I accept God's judgment on me and my self-justification and condemning others. Right away, I experience Christ as my redeeming silver, and right away— Who is hung on me? Who am I clothed with? I'm clothed with Christ as my righteousness. And you know what happens? When there's righteousness on a husband and a wife, I'll tell you, the next thing is joy. And there's peace. There's oneness. There's harmony. These three materials bring us to the precious experience of Christ. This bronze is uh, seen in the pillar with its sockets. So when we repent and accept God's judgment, right away we're crowned. The crown of the pillar is or the capital of the pillar is silver. When we repent and accept God's judgment, right away Christ, as our Redeemer, crowns us. Not only that, but the hooks are silver, and the connecting rods are silver. So we're not only crowned with Christ as our Redeemer and our redemption, but we're linked by Christ as our Redeemer and our redemption to God Himself as our righteousness. This is marvelous. So we... We stand on the base of God's judgment. We're crowned with Christ as our Redeemer, and we're linked by this Christ as our redemption to God's righteousness, which is just Christ himself as our glorious garment and expression for God's testimony.
1: Well, Matt, you know, uh, if we look at all of the these uh, materials and their significance and, and uh, the wonderful sharing today about judgment and confession and repentance, is there an appetite for this kind of gospel speaking today? That's just a question of interest.
0: Chris, that's a great question, and I think we need to speak to this directly because our natural thought is, wow, this is too high for people. They're not going to understand this. And we try to lower our gospel and talk to where we think people are. But actually, there is a God-created portion within people. In fact, in Ecclesiastes, there's a verse, it's it's chapter 3, verse 11, where it says God has put eternity in man's heart. There's something in man's heart through creation to receive these things. It's not just something... Uh, people are low. They can't think about God's eternal purpose. We we need to give them the the redemption, forgiveness of sins. But actually, this picture of the tabernacle is really the picture of the gospel, the picture with the bronze pillars, the white linen, the blue and scarlet thread with the heavenly vision, the, the righteousness of Christ, the holiness of God. Outwardly, there's the righteousness of Christ. Inwardly, there's the gold for the holiness of God. And this is for the expression of god it's not just for you to have your sins forgiven god has a purpose right god has a purpose in salvation and there's something in man to answer your question there is an appetite for this i want to give a story because recently i heard the testimony of a brother that when he was in college he was a freshman in college he was an unbeliever and he was struggling with the meaning of the universe And he was struggling, what is the purpose of man? And he was actually going to the library as a freshman in college, trying to figure out, why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? And someone approached him on the college campus that he was at to talk to him about the Lord. And inwardly, his thought was, oh, I'm going to stump him. I'm going to tell him, what's the meaning of my life? What's the meaning of the universe? Because these were thoughts in his mind that were put there by God that it's eternity in his heart right. that are he thought well no no christian's going to know the answer to this they don't know which i think most don't know this is a this ministry has really opened up the new testament in the new testament there is an answer and that's what we're touching here the real gospel that answers this question so anyway he asked this this young man what is the meaning of the universe and the guy the brother that was speaking to him responded in a detailed way, according to this ministry, the meaning of the human life, God's economy, eternal purpose with man, and he ended up with a picture of the new Jerusalem. And, it <laughs> and so, there, and, and this brother is actually now still in the church. This, he, this caused him to turn his life to the Lord, give his life to the Lord. So to answer your question, there is an appetite. There is a taste. And this is really the good news. People are longing for this gospel a gospel with bronze pillars. You know, there's four, there's four and three and two. You know, the, the mention there is so there's man and God. Four represents man, three is the triune God, and two is a testimony. That's what's at the entrance. That's the gospel. There's man with God as a testimony that this is the habitation of God and this is the entrance into God's dwelling place. Wow. Well, I appreciate having you both with us, Brother Matt Brother Dick. It's really been good today, Chris and Dick. I'm glad I was able to
1: join you, brothers. For both Dick Taylor and Matt Miller, this is Chris Wild. Thanks so much for listening today.
0: Dear Lord, we give ourselves to Thee. Receive us into Thy wise hands.
1: Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia, and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his life study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witness Lee's speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com.
2: Thanks for listening.